So we've been on this amazing adventure for the last eight weeks on meeting Jesus. And, and I pray you've been encouraged that you've found him to be uh, everything and more. And we're going to continue on down the line this, this year with about Jesus. In fact, next series, we start next week is Jesus and his attitude, the attitude of Jesus. So we're going to be looking at the Beatitudes. So we're going to do those a little different where I'll teach on one Beatitude and do another one in the group time and teach in uh, group time, teach in group time. So we get through all of those leading up to Easter. So it's that time of year and it's moving very fast. But today I want to talk about Jesus as our restorer. Now, here's something. I love HGTV. I know it's not very manly of me to admit that, but I really don't care. I'm not sure why I like it, but I love like house hunters going into a house or these, you know, you flip and flop and, and uh, the makeover stuff and the property brothers. I just love watching that. One of my favorite is it's really not on HGTV, but it's Fixer Uppers because it's in Texas and it's Chip and Joanna Gaines. And what they said is we're going to take the worst house in the best location and we're going to fix it up and just kind of like what they do. And Chip, Joanna Gaines has amazing taste and, and uh, Tara and I both kind of like watching it and, and get some ideas, and, and I can't fix nothing up. When it comes to home repairs, now I'm good at running my mouth and maybe writing stuff, but I'm not very good at doing those kind of things. But I love watching it, and I love the end results. Now, think about this. God is the ultimate fixer-upper. Now, I'm not talking about houses that are destroyed or, or needed repair. I'm talking about our lives that are broken. We are God's house, the Bible says. We are God's dwelling. And so God wants to come in and fix us up. Now, here's the deal. He doesn't want to come into my life and, and make it better. He wants to come into my life and make it new. He accepts the old of who we are, but he transforms us into the new that he would become. And now as we conclude our series on Meet Jesus we must turn our attention to his restoration. How does Jesus, the original fixer-upper, go about coming into my life and changing me to making me new? Now, when, when I watch Home Improvement Show, they rarely tear down the old house and start from scratch. Now, Jesus, he's much the same. He's created you, and he loves you, but he knows you need fixing. He knows you, you need to be restored. He doesn't remove the individual personality from you. We not become some kind of clones because God loves individuality. He loves individual giftedness. He made me to be me, but he didn't make me to be the best me I could be. He made me to become like Jesus, to be the best like Jesus that he wants me to be. That's what he did. So he comes into us to give us spiritual, a spiritual renew. He crafts us into the image that he desires. I often hear people say, just be the best version of you. no. Become like Jesus the way he created you to be. That's what you want to be. Not the best version of you, but created to be the best Jesus wants you to be. I gain a deeper understanding of how that happens than my life changed because I meet Jesus who's my and your restorer from what we once were to what we should be. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you come into our life not to make us better, but to make us new. And I pray, Father, that you will speak through me, that the people who hear this talk will be inspired to allow you to build a temple for yourself out of the rough timbers of their soul. And I thank you for how good and faithful you are and what you're going to say. And I pray this in your son's strong name. Amen. Amen. Now, here's some universal truths, okay? You can listen to this and you say, well, I'm good. I'm good. Well, no, 
You're really not good. In fact, even those of us who are saved and been walking for G- with Jesus, we need some new paint, y'all. We need to have our foundation shored up. We need some new plumbing. We need these things because we drift away and the, the decay of sin happens in our lives. And so it's that renewal, that revival that happens in us personally and relationally that starts changing us. But we all, we're all in need of restoration. Let me read. This is 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that the, this, the tent is our earthly home is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If we indeed, by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we should be unclothed, but that we should be further clothed, so we might, so what is mortal might be swallowed up by life. And he has prepared us for this very thing as God, who is giving us the Spirit as a guarantee. Now, when I say these things, that our bodies literally are storehouse for our spirits. That who I am is not encased in this body. Uh, I was looking in the mirror the other day, and I think I looked. I said, "I have turned into my father." Uh, I, my best memories of my father was he was an old man, and I'm turned into my father. And that's the way the the degeneration of our faith of our flesh goes. We become more wrinkled. We become more wore out. Our get up and go has got up, got up and went. And it's just changing. So we groan within these earthly bodies. And what Paul is talking about to the church in Corinth here is he's talking about that we have this desire. We need this restoration from God. That God has created us to live forever, but not live forever in these bodies. That we will get a new body. But we live in the choice of the destiny of living all for Jesus. We groan in this tent. Our bodies are wearing out. Listen to what is said in 1 Corinthians. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. For the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality. For we shall come to pass when the saying is written, O death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 58. You see, we need restoration physically in our bodies, but we also need restoration spiritually in our minds and our hearts. We need Jesus. He is the fixer-upper. So Jesus is our restorer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17-19. That I can't fix myself. I mean, it's kind of like my house. I can't fix it up either. I make a mess. I remember Tara and I got married. Uh, in about five years in our marriage, Caleb came along. And we were living in Jacksonville, and we were renting an apartment. And we decided it's time for us to buy a house. Now, I was a minister of music and youth at a church, and their, their philosophy was to keep me poor, and God would keep me humble. And they did their part really well. Now the humble part, you know, God's still working on. But anyway, uh, I mean, we hardly made anything. And so we found a house basically was a shack. It was a shack. 
and interesting enough, the address was 3939 Meek Drive. <laughs> Blessed are the meek. And so I had a shack on Meek Drive. Now, behind our house was a drainage ditch that when it rained, all the water from our subdivision would run down that ditch. So I would say I had periodic waterfront property, and it was a shack. Now, the guy that lived in there before was an old man, and the son had inherited it, and he was a heavy smoker. So not the son, but the old man who lived there. And the house was nicotine-stained like you wouldn't believe. And me, thinking I was Chip Gaines, decided I would fix it up. Paint the ceilings, paint the walls, redo the bathrooms, the whole deal. It was a money pit. It was a disaster. And I realized very early, as well as Tara did very early, that I am not a fixer-upper. I'm not. And I realized that spiritually. I cannot fix myself. I cannot become a better me. You cannot fix yourself. You do not have the ability to do what you think you can do. You don't. Now, some of you listening are great craftsmen. Well, good for you. I'm proud of you. But I'll tell you something. You can't fix your heart. You can't fix your soul. You can't fix yourself. Only Jesus can. I don't care how good you are with a saw. Jesus saw your need, and he's the fixer-upper. Pun intended. Okay, if anyone's in Christ, I can't improve myself. I need to turn my life over to Jesus. I don't need a new leaf. I need a new life. Tara and I recently remodeled a home. We took it down to the studs. Why? Because that was the level of restoration that had to happen. New plumbing, new electrical, new sheetrock, new floors, new lights, new appliances, new cabinets, new, new uh, toilet fixtures, new shower, everything. That's what it came down to. We had to tear it all out. Now, Tara and I moved into a new house. We moved into the new house. They built it from scratch. They built it up. You see, they took this land, cleared it, beautified it, built it, and now we're living in it. That's what God does for us. He fixes us up and he makes us new. That's what God does for us. God takes the creation of you and he makes you new so you can become what he desires. You become like Jesus. Listen to this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, and all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. Is for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not the result of work, so no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. So he's taking the creation of me, my DNA, my experiences, my hurts, my habits, my hang-ups, my spiritual gift, my heart, my ability, my personality, my experience. It is infusing me with his life-giving spirit. It is making me new that I could live all for him in the confines of the person he created me to be. Yeah, because there's not another Scott Weatherford. And I just heard the hallelujahs bring up from all over the world. There's not. But I want to tell you something. My goal is not to be the best me. My goal is to be all for Jesus.
And that should be your goal as well. All for Jesus. It's not my best life now. It's not. My best life is yet to come. My best life is to live this life all for Jesus. All for Jesus. So it's a reckoning of myself that God knew beforehand. I am his, I'm his work of art. I'm his poem. So that I could do the good works that he desired for me to do and for you to do, which are individual in nature. Why does, why does Jesus do this? Because he loves us. Listen to this. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ we are reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and trusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making a special appeal to us. We implore you on the behalf of God, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Jesus restores me so that I can be used to find real purpose of my life. I was created to live all for Jesus and then join Jesus in the reconciliation of others who need restoration. I am a beggar telling other beggars where the bread comes. Oh, see, the greatest assignment in my life is to be an ambassador for Christ. To live as an example of Jesus to a watching world. There's an old song we used to sing, you're the only Jesus some will ever see. That's kind of compelling. Because if they look at my life, do they see Jesus? <clears throat> you know, I've found this about myself. I'm really, really good about putting up a false front in public. But in the private of my life, maybe with my wife and my kids, my grandkids, I can be far different. And that hypocrisy is not an ambassador. That's a barrier. God wants me to be authentic and real and represent him wherever I am. So you know what that means? I need God time. I need to pray and read my Bible and devote to him. I need to, to fast and to lean into him. I need spiritual disciplines. I need times of solitude. I, I need those times with King Jesus. And I need a group. I need some people who are watching over me and praying for me, who are engaging in the, in the Bible with me. I, I, I need that. And I need you. I need a gathering. I need time of inspiration and of encouragement and of, of more global teaching. I need that. So do you. Your gathering, your group, and your God time all are part of the restoration of God. You meet Jesus, he's the restorer. And he creates these environments that you might be restored in order for you to be an ambassador to reconcile others to Christ. There's no greater witness from God than a life that's been transformed. No greater witness than a life that's been transformed. So what will you do? Will you allow Jesus to fix you up? Listen to this. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him then, we appeal to you do not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, his favorable time I listen to you. In a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You see, God sees Jesus in you. And he wants others to see Jesus in you as well. God is working in you. You're in partnership with God. God restores you in order to use you for his glory. And then today is the day of your response. So what is your next step?
Do you need to come to Jesus? Give your life to him and be restored? Do you need to come back to Jesus? And say, you know what, I wandered far away from God and now I'm coming home. The path of sin too long I've trod, now I'm coming home. And let God continue the restoration in your life that maybe you put on hold because of your disobedience and sin. Or maybe you already say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to live all for Jesus. I'm going to set it all aside and we'll live all for him. Why do I say this? Because Jesus is a real fixer-upper. He's the one who could take nothing and make something. And he take you and make you someone, a child of the Most High God. Meet Jesus. He's your Savior. He's your healer. He's your sanctifier. He's your coming king. He's your intercessor. He's your high priest. He's your provider. And he's your restorer. And you can live all for this king who has set you free. What do you need to do? Do it. All for Jesus. Father, thank you for what you said to us in this series. And I pray, Father, that we will live differently because we've come face to face with who we are and how we're to live. And I pray, O oh God, that, that those who are under the sound of my voice today will respond to you in faith and take their next steps and live all for you. Whether it's giving their life to you as Savior and Lord, whether it's coming back to you in a spirit of, of re repentance and, and, re and rededication. Father, whether it's to say, okay, I'm going to go further with you, King Jesus, and to continue to live all for you. Whatever you want us to do, oh God, I pray we'll have the courage to take those steps. And I pray this in your name. Amen.